0: You have found the dumb Christian. I am your host, Jonathan, and today we are jumping into Genesis 25, 26, and 27, where we're going to meet two twins. Uh, The twins of Isaac and Rebecca, their names are Esau and Jacob, where one wants nothing to do with the family responsibilities, while the other is eagerly learning and pursuing those uh, family responsibilities as the patriarch. Um, And what happens when the one who should be the patriarch sells his position as the firstborn of the family? Yeah, the Bible's about to get very real. We might get a little bit colorful, so buckle up and welcome. dumb christian we're covering genesis chapters 25 through 27 today Um, but we're also going to be including some of the content of the midrash and some jewish tradition and some commentary sometimes when we read the bible we might think, oh, this seems a little fantastic. It seems a little magical. It seems a little outside the realm of reality. And that's fair. I think sometimes the Bible can seem a little fantastic. But Midrash is like some really Dungeons and Dragons Harry Potter shit. Like, it gets, it takes it up like 10 notches. And there is a difference between the Bible and the Midrash. The Midrash is commentary, right? It's like sermons about the Bible, or it's things that have been written down that wise old sages and and the legends say. And the Midrash isn't necessarily, especially in the Jewish community, considered the word of God. They take it very seriously, but it's not the revealed word of God. The Bible is. Namely, the Torah the Torah, the first five books of the Bible—Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy—and um, and then the rest of the of the Jewish Bible, our the Christian Old Testament, is consists of letters that people wrote as they experienced God. Um, but the Midrash is full of very colorful, vibrant things and, and is primarily used as a gap filler to fill in the gaps of the story. And so when, when we add it here in dumb Christian to fill in some of the Bible gaps, it's just for filler. It's going to, some of it's just fun. Some of it's interesting. Um, but there is a very big difference between what the Midrash is trying to assert happened and the, the simplicity of what the Bible says happened. So be sure to read it for yourself, Genesis 25 through 27, and kind of pick and be able to pick and choose, see where we've added the contents from the Midrash to fill in the gaps of the story, and we'll kind of identify them. But I want to lay that disclaimer out. I know I've said it a few times, but um, Midrash is just to kind of supplement some of the story elements and, and give it some more color. So that's uh, how we're going to approach these few chapters in Genesis. Uh, Where we left off in Genesis was that Isaac marries Rebekah, and they marry each other by having sex. That's the way it was was done back then. But they can't conceive for 20 years. They can't have kids. And the Bible says, in a lot of English translations, it says, Isaac prayed for Rebekah because she was barren. Midrash says, Isaac was also sterile and that he didn't pray for her, but he prayed with her. Together they prayed, God, heal us both. Give us kids. They don't have kids for 20 years. And then all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere, they have twins. And it says, the Bible says they wrestled in her womb and her pregnancy was a rough one. Like it was really bad. God, why is this happening? And he says there's two separate nations That are are being grown in your womb. But I will bless you. I'll take care of you. Just endure as best you can. It's going to suck for a little bit. So, birthday comes. And the first one that comes out, Midrash says, was fully mature. Now, this doesn't mean that he came out like a full-blown man, <laughs> right? Actually, what it's saying is that he came out with all the hair he would ever grow. You know, like, as you grow, when you're a teenager, if you're a guy, you, like, look for your first armpit hair and your first chest hair, and you're like, oh, look, I'm so cool. Esau came out full-blown hairy all over, like like Hollywood hairy. Oh, what was the... um. The it from Adam's family? Just just all hair. Okay. Esau is often said to mean hairy. One of Esau's names later given in his life, Seir, means hairy. But Esau, the name itself, comes from the Hebrew root word that means handles roughly which means he he's he's not gentle right he, he likes to rough house he, he's not delicate he stomps around the house he doesn't know how to walk lightly and that makes a lot of sense i've heard that um when women are pregnant with hairy babies it causes a lot of uh it feels like they're being very rough in the womb right and so that kind of makes sense let's name him handles things roughly Um, but then as Esau was born, being born, the, the, the twin, um, was holding on to Esau's heel as he was also then being birthed. And they named the second son, Jacob, Yaakov, which literally means heel grabber. And, but it's like, if you're trying to swipe somebody, like you're, you're in a race and you're trying to trip them up, you kick at their heels. Right. Um, or if you're in a Martial arts contest sweep at their heels, you heel grabber. The idea here is that he is actually trying to get from someone else something for his benefit. He's trying to cheat, he's trying to get ahead, he's trying to manipulate, deceive, trick. So, Jacob, we're gonna go dumb Christian, we're gonna go with Jacob means cheater. And uh, these two brothers they're twins, but they don't look anything alike and they don't act anything alike, they are very different as they grow up. Esau is the firstborn, and the firstborn of the family in that day in that culture was responsible to take on the burdens and responsibilities of the family leader, the patriarch. So one day. Esau is going to be charged with taking care of and leading the family once Isaac dies. But Esau is not interested in learning the tricks and trades of the family. He just wants to get out and sow his wild oats. He wants to be in the wilderness. He always likes camping and hiking and hunting. And he just wants to be in the woods. Midrash tells us Isaac admires this quality in Esau, even though... Really, what Esau is doing is neglecting the responsibility of learning how to be a godly, righteous, honorable patriarch that leads his family, takes care of, provides for, protects, right? He just wants to go do what he wants to do. And so instead of going to class, he would always look for opportunities to make excuses and escape to get out into the woods. But what's a little bit odd here is that Jacob was always looking for the opportunity to study and learn. Midrash tells us that Jacob studied under Abraham. He had Abraham teach him the ways of God and that he was a student at the academy that uh, Shem founded. If we go back to Genesis like 6, well, 6 was the flood. Whenever the flood was over, we see Noah's three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Shem is regarded as the most righteous of Noah's sons and legend says Shem founded an academy where he could teach people about Yahweh God. The Midrash says Jacob attended that academy, studied under Abraham, let his father Isaac teach him the ways of being a good father and Jacob really was this like super nerd to learn how to be godly and to lead a family just always in a book, right? Studying and, and learning when they're about 15, 16, 17, somewhere in there, the math gets a little funky. Abraham dies. And the Midrash tells us that the day Abraham died Jacob and Esau are handling the situation both very very differently. Jacob, Immediately goes to start cooking a Jewish traditional meal that is is fed to mourners at a funeral, people who are mourning the loss. Um, it's a a stew of lentils. And there's a whole lot of like tradition and layers that go on with why this was the meal that you would eat when you were mourning the loss of a loved one. But Esau Again, neglecting his godly responsibilities to care for his family, doesn't care that his dad's sad about the loss of grandpa, he doesn't really care what's going on, his only concern is, I need to go deal with my emotions. So he goes into the woods and he's like rage dancing, kick punching through his, you know, through the the woods with a montage like in Footloose, just rage dancing his, his emotions and then he hears some commotion in the woods. This is Midrash telling us this, by the way, and he hears some commotion. And so he he hides himself until he sees out past the thicket walks a king, the king named Nimrod. We do read about Nimrod in the Bible. Bible tells us he is a mighty hunter. Bible doesn't tell us about this encounter. We read about it in the Midrash. Midrash says, when Esau saw King Nimrod by himself and this mighty hunter overcome with emotion. He kills King Nimrod. And then he acquires off of the person. He, he, uh, loots the King's body and he finds this ancient piece of clothing, which we're just going to identify as a deer skin vest. Now, The Jewish tradition and legend says this vest originally was the clothes that God made for Adam back in Genesis 3 after he sinned. If you remember, we go back. Sin occurred. Adam and Eve discovered they're naked. God kills an animal and from the animal skin makes clothes for Adam and Eve. Adam's clothes get passed on down to his uh, lineage. It finds its way to Noah. Noah gives Ham the vest and ham gives his grandson nimrod this vest with plus 10 hunter skills which is as legend says is the thing that made him nimrod such a mighty warrior a hunter a world-renowned hunter and 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 esau sees it discovers wow this is going to make me the hunter I've always wanted to be. So he grabs this uh, plus 10 strength vest. And, uh, you know, he's like, wow, I've got a maid. This is, you know, I lost my grandpa, but this is amazing. But he had to kill a guy to get it. He finally makes his way back to the homestead where he finds Jacob cooking this traditional um stew for those who are in mourning and he says oh man i am exhausted i have had a day let me tell you and he plops right down next to jacob at the fire pit jacob is just kind of like rolls his eyes because they don't have anything in common he, he he knows that his brother has neglected and treated disgracefully disrespectfully his responsibilities as a firstborn and and Jacob is just kind of like had enough of it. He's like, Come on, man, pull your head out of your ass. Do what you're supposed to be doing. Jeez. And as he's like, he looks over at his brother and he sees he's got this new deer skin vest. Where'd you get that? That thing looks ancient and powerful. Again, this is Midrash. Mixed in a bit. We we see some of this going on in the Bible too. And he says, Where'd you get that? Esau says, oh, You wouldn't believe this? This It was King Nimrod's, you know, the legendary Adam's vest, the majestic hunting apparel. Yeah, I had to kill him to get it. Jacob is floored and offended, disgusted. Not only were you out hunting, you killed a man the day that our grandfather dies. This is some bullshit. And he looks over and he says, why don't you ever take your your, your responsibility seriously our grandpa died today and what you're out killing people so you can get clothes and and Esau is just utterly exhausted he's got nothing left actually uh the word here for exhausted is directly connected later in scripture with the exhaustion that comes from killing a person and so that's kind of how the midrash connects it and ties it okay maybe and he says, I, I'm famished. I'm going to die now if I don't get something to eat. And Jacob says, gosh, why don't you ever take seriously the things that we're supposed to be doing? Fine. I- I'll tell you what. I would love to have the responsibility of being the firstborn. You sell me your birthright. Give me the title and position and the responsibilities of being the firstborn. And I will give you the stew. I'll give you this food. And Esau says, well, I'm about to die anyway, so take it. I really don't care. I've got my magic hunter's vest. I am set for life. You, I'll gladly let you take the responsibility in the title of the firstborn. The responsibilities of the firstborn, yes, eventually to be the patriarch, but you are responsible to spiritually lead and teach the family about God. You also have to provide, take care of. But in addition to all that, there is a significant inheritance that comes with being the firstborn. And so as Jacob, whose name means cheater, I can't help but wonder if that was part of his inspiration to get the birthright from Esau. Midrash does say, though, that Mostly Jacob's motivation was spiritual in nature. He wanted to take over and lead the family rightly, where Esau wasn't. So they sign it, they make a, a transactional, you know record of it which gets lost and I don't we might talk about that later, but anyway, they go on about their business and they continue to live their lives. As they get older, a famine, another famine hits the land. Isaac and Rebecca <clears throat> think, oh, this is a good idea. Let's go to Egypt. And uh, But we know how that worked before for Abraham, right? So and on their way to Egypt, God intervenes, stops them and says, no, don't go to Egypt. And they say, well, okay, we won't go to Egypt, but we'll go close to Egypt. So they go close down, like they're headed towards Egypt, and then they stop in the land of Philistia, which is um just before they would have hit Egypt. And here is where they meet King Abimelech. Remember, Abraham met a king named Abimelech, but we talked about how Abimelech is just like a Hebrew word for a generic uh, to generically say a pagan king. So it isn't necessarily the same person, and we're gonna assume it's not the same person. But they go down there and Isaac is afraid. Rebecca is going to be seen as so beautiful. They'll want to kill him so that they can take her to be their wife. We saw this with Abraham and Sarah. So what does Isaac do? Again, like taking his father's example, he plays the she's my sister card and acts like they're not married. Well, sure as shit. King Abimelech sees her and says, oh, she's 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 fine. Oh, yeah, she's fine. I'm, I'm going to marry her. But before he can marry her, he looks out and sees Rebecca and Isaac laughing. This act of seeing them laughing alone wouldn't be enough to convince somebody that they're more than just brother and sister. So this has to be some sort of laughing, giggling of a sexual nature. So we're at Dumb Christian going to say uh, he was Isaac was motorboating Rebecca, pinching, tickling, grabbing. And, you know, they were wink, wink laughing right so abimelech sees this he they're they're caught they're exposed they're not brother and sister he knows it why would you do this to me and it's the same old routine we've seen it before with abraham it's the same thing here and at first this causes some tension between uh isaac and abimelech but as time goes down their temper's cool they live they make some peace treaties to live in the lands together and um, they they settle there. They kind of live there for a while. Isaac starts to get really old. He's losing his eyesight, and he's a he thinks he's gonna die. And he says, "I want to give Esau a blessing before I die." When they talk about a blessing, especially in Genesis here, what they're referring to is kind of like the passing of the torch of. Words of blessing, encouragement, and and hope for his son. We don't know if Isaac knew about the transaction that took place where Esau sold his birthright to Jacob. And traditionally, it is the firstborn who receives the majority of the blessing. Not not all of it. Usually there's some blessings given to all the kids, but the majority of the blessing is given to the firstborn. Well, Esau sold his right to hold on to and lay claim to the things that come with being the firstborn when he gave Jacob the title of firstborn, which includes or traditionally would include the blessings from the father. Uh, but technically, the father can bless whoever he wants in whatever way he wants. Just traditionally, it would, the you know the brunt of the blessings would go to the firstborn, which should be Jacob. Rebecca hears Isaac's plan to bless Esau. Isaac says to Esau, "Go." hunt me some game, get my favorite food, make me my favorite meal. And then when you come back in, I'm going to give you a blessing before I die. Rebecca overhears this and makes a plan to trick Isaac into blessing Jacob instead of Esau. Isaac loved Esau. Esau was his favorite, but Rebecca loved Jacob. Jacob was her favorite because she saw how well he wanted to to grow and and train in leading and taking care of his family. And that was the quality that she admired in her son. So she wants Jacob to be blessed, makes a plan. Jacob, come here. I made your father dinner, his favorite dinner. So why don't you wear this goat skin so you feel hairy just like your brother Esau. And it'll trick your dad into thinking you're Esau so that he will bless you instead of your brother. Jacob's like, I don't know, this is going to work. It's weird, but he does it. He follows through. He goes in and sure enough, Isaac buys it and he blesses Jacob thinking Jacob is Esau. And this is important because Isaac gives all the blessings to this son. He thinks is Esau. So in his mind, he's blessing Esau. Later, after Jacob leaves, Esau finally does come and brings a meal, says, all right, dad, here's your meal. Isaac freaks out. Who are you? I remember Isaac is blind, so he can't see and he's, he's old. So he's, his hearing's going and they don't have hearing aids. It's me, your son. And Isaac, no, I gave all of your blessings to Jacob. Esau says, Father, are there no more blessings even for me? And Isaac says, no. What that means is that Isaac had no intention of offering Jacob any blessing whatsoever. And that's never really sat well with me. I don't really know what to do with it. I haven't found anything that kind of explains why it's okay or if it even is okay or, or whatever. But that's always rubbed me the wrong way. And Esau is furious. And he says, oh, he, of course, his name is Jacob, cheater, trickster, because he tricked me out of my birthright. Now he's tricked me out of my blessings. Which is weird because this means something has shifted in Esau's view of himself in the family, his role in the family, because now all of a sudden he wants the blessings and the responsibilities. Uh, Something happened and he is furious and he makes plans to kill Jacob. By the way, um, Isaac doesn't really die here. He actually lives for like another 30 years. So... It's kind of weird how this story happens, but it's also a little interesting because this is pretty much the last we hear of Isaac. There's just a few chapters that talk about this significant patriarch, Isaac, who is part of building this nation um, from the descendants of Abraham. But the Bible just doesn't really talk a lot about him. So that's an interesting note there. Esau's furious. Rebecca finds out, and she says to her hun- husband Isaac, "Oh, I can't stand these women in the in in Canaan. Would you please send our son Jacob to go back to my family? Um, remember that's where Abraham sent Eliezer. Back to his family to go get a wife for isaac that's where he found rebecca now rebecca is saying let's send jacob back to my family to find a wife rebecca sends jacob away not because she really wants to give him a wife from her family but she's trying to save her son's life from esau because esau says oh once my father dies i'm gonna kill jacob i can't stand him and that is how really the the life of isaac kind of plays out because from from here on we're actually going to spend a significant amount of time looking at the life and times of jacob uh who has 12 sons and this is where we get the 12 tribes of israel jacob jacob and sons Right? You guys know what what that song? You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, that is Genesis chapters 25, 26, and 27. I have been your host, Jonathan the Dumb Christian. I love you guys. I'll catch you next time. Midrash helps us fill in the blanks and give us a little bit of extra color to these stories that we're reading about in the Bible. I think it's kind of fun sometimes, but maybe that's it. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Dumb Christian Podcast. We have exclusive content. Hit subscribe, like, ring the bell so you know when new, con- new content is dropping. I love you guys. We'll catch you later.